This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, February 3rd, and today we are debuting what I am calling the 4x5 episode. A 4x5, of course, is when you get five or more of four different stats in a game. And with that in mind, we will be talking to four different Roto World writers for five minutes each. We're going to hit some rookie performances, some waiver wire players of interest, some recent trends, and much more. All of that coming up in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Right now I'm joined by Steve Alexander as I start the five-minute timer. Steve, as people may know, you have a habit of alarm clocks guiding you through your day, telling you when you need to go to a different task. So in honor of that, we will hear your alarm tone when our five minutes is up here. Well, I appreciate that, Matt. And actually, now that I look at the clock, we may hear my alarm tone from my phone before that happens, because uh, I think it's going to go off in, I think we're going to barely slide under seven minutes, maybe, uh, I've got to go get a kid at a bus stop, and of course, I've got an alarm set for that. Yeah, well, we're going to be out of here because we only have five minutes. Now, yeah. I mean, my thought was, uh, you and I do the Waiver Wire podcast. Uh, we record it on Sundays. It releases first thing Monday morning. I was just thinking maybe we could take a moment to update a couple of players that we would have included in that, if not for the timing of our taping. Okay. Mo Wagner is one who jumped out at me. He had 17 points, five boards, I think, a couple of steals on... Sunday, after we recorded, uh, had 21 minutes to Robin Lopez's 18 in their 149-146 win over the Nets. He he was set to play again on Tuesday night, so a pretty big game for him. But rostering just 12% of leagues, what are your thoughts on Mo Wagner with the caveat that we don't know what he did on Tuesday night we're taping this? Well, I feel like you just ate up an entire minute of my time. (laughs) That's what I do. Speaking of Mo Wagner, who I didn't really even pay attention to, 
As people can probably tell, we did not get together and talk about this before we came on here. I have not pulled up Mo, Mo Wagner's stats. You mentioned them briefly. What I did is on Monday morning after we taped that episode of the Waiver Pod, if I had Willie Colley-Stein or I had the other Lopez brother, Robin, I dropped him and I picked up Gorgie Jang. I was not really looking at Mo Wagner. I just felt like... Jonas Valanciunas was going to miss a bunch of time, and Gorgie Jang was going to be my guy. But now it sounds like JV's not going to be out for very long. But Gorgie Jang had two. So Memphis obviously came back from their long layoff. Two really good games in a row, though. Uh, 15 points, seven boards, a couple of blocks, then 19 points, nine boards, three threes, and a block, 27 to 24 minutes. Now, those were kind of lopsided wins over the Spurs, but definitely a guy who's trending up with a bunch of guys in that Memphis rotation. Yeah, and I also went out and grabbed as much Reggie Jackson as I could. And uh, and after Monday night's bonanza of Nasir Little and Malik Monk, two guys who just came out of nowhere for total explosions, I don't trust either player really. Uh, I guess if I had to pick one, it would be Little just because he's in a good situation with all the injuries to his teammates, but there are leagues where I put in for those guys and pick them up just to see what happens. And mainly because I had like Kendrick Nunn or some, some dead weight on the squad. Yeah. 30 points, six boards, five threes, two blocks for little in that is a blowout loss to the bucks. So I think that's one, one reason you're a little worried about it. And then who was the other guy you just mentioned with little, Oh, Malik Monk, 36 Malik points, Monk? right? Yeah, 36 points, nine three-pointers. Now, we got some news about P.J. Washington, I think, while I was just while we were sitting down to record this. Let's, do, let's take a look. He hurt his foot last night. He sprained his foot. Is, is there breaking news? Uh, Hopefully, it's not broken. Uh, you know, you get, do you get the Yahoo, uh, the Yahoo app alerts? No. Oh, well, I got the old he's out alert from the Yahoo Fantasy app. You should really look into that. It's pretty cool. Oh. Uh, let's see. I'm really eating up a lot of our time here. You know, this is- well, I was going to say, this This is not fair. I, I'm going to be protesting episode one. We've got to build in some time for editing. Once you edit this, it's going to be like a minute and 42 seconds long. No, I don't edit these. I don't edit these. This is live. We're live to tape here. We're okay. live, live. PJ Washington right. will not play on Wednesday. So could we be looking at another Malik Monk special on Wednesday? We might be. But you won't get that hot again. I, I, I'm going to predict. 17 points, uh, three three-pointers from Malik Monk Wednesday. What? I, I, by the way, clock's ticking. What has gotten into Cody Zeller? I mean, I, I was skeptical, but he did it again. Yeah, he was another double-double. He's the other He's the other guy. In fact, I think I had, I had Little and Malik Monk as the pickups of the day in the uh, Roto-World. Uh, <laughs> the Roto-World the the pay wall <laughs> wherever wow. i post wherever i post that behind the paywall they were the pickups of the day but cody zeller was the first honorable mention maybe you didn't hear it steve the first time have i just got did i just get gonged yeah wait the gong show yeah there it is there it is it was quiet the first time there it is the sweet sweet sounds of steve alexander's alarm clock that's that's what that means. It's time to go, friend. DFS tools. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> All speaking right. of tools. Speaking of tools. <laughs> All right, Steve. Hey, this has been the best five minutes of my day. Hey, it's been a blast. We'll talk to you uh, this weekend for Monday. Peace. 
We're joined by Raphael Johnson, who writes the Rookie Report on RotoWorld.com. Raph, what's going on, man? How are you? Not much, man. How are you doing? Good, man. So we're into apparently week seven of the season here. What what rookie performances have been standing out to you lately? Lately, I think Anthony Edwards in Minnesota would be one. Um, he's been playing a lot more efficient basketball, scoring scoring at a lot higher clip than he was earlier, earlier this season. He seems a bit more comfortable within that system, but it does come with a caveat that they're still without Carl Anthony Towns. So instead of having to deal with both D'Angelo Russell and Towns getting being first in line for touches, it's just it's just Russell had an Edwards right now, and he's really flourished right now. Um, so we'll see what happens once Towns comes back, but we don't know when that will be. Yeah, interesting. I'm looking at Edwards. I, I noticed, obviously, that Edwards is playing better, but just looking at his numbers, last six games, we're looking at like 18 points per game, 1.3 steals, 2.83, shooting 43 from the field and 95 from the line during that stretch. I mean, when you watch Anthony Edwards play... I think you occasionally see the kind of wild shot attempt that makes you a little worried. But yeah. other times I'm like, there's no reason this guy can't be a, a good percentage shooter. I mean, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? I agree with that. He was a bit, as you said, he was a bit wild earlier this season. Um, <laughs> some of the decisions that he was making were a bit hurried, I guess you would say. But you know, he's kind of gotten into a groove here. Minnesota still isn't a very good team, and that could ultimately help him down the line later this season when it comes to fantasy value just so the Timberwolves can get a longer look at those younger players such as himself. For the season, he's at 37% from the field. That obviously scares you, but I guess signs lately that that is going to improve. Anyone else jumping out at you recently? I noticed that you wrote about LaMelo Ball in your last edition of the Rookie Report, but that was a few days ago. Yeah, that's pretty big. He had, I think he had 27 on Saturday. It was, he made his first career start last night, uh, Monday night, I should say. So you've got that, and obviously with Terry Rozier being down with the ankle injury, he's probably going to be in that starting lineup for a bit longer here. So he's in a good spot as well, I think, in terms of fantasy value and the opportunity to make good on it. You know, yeah, he's had some hiccups, especially with the turnovers and the defense, but he's had some really good moments as well. So Lamelo is another guy who I think many of us were terrified about what his field goal percentage would look like after the way he shot it in Australia. Mm-hmm. So his first 10 games, though, he shot nearly 44% from the field. I'm just looking at the last 11, 41%. So really, he hasn't been the you know percentage disaster that many of us thought he would be. Did that surprise you at all? Not really, just because of who he's been able to play off of when you think about Rogier when he's healthy. Uh, Devontae Graham hasn't shot the ball well, but he's still a guy that teams have to account for. And you add in Gordon Hayward as well. So, you know, I think Lamelo's had a few more cleaner looks than he may have had in Australia, and that's helped with the percentages thus far. You also wrote about Cole Anthony. I guess we're just, I mean, this is obviously always often a theme with rookies, percentage concerns. Yeah. Uh, what, what's been your impression of him since he's taken over for Markel Fultz in Orlando? He's gotten better. Like early on, he, he really struggled. Even before Markel got injured, you know, the percentages, he wasn't a very good finisher around the basket in college either. And I, I think that's what kind of made him slip a bit in the draft. But he's been better. He's gotten better quality looks. And he's been a bit more patient offensively. I think being able to play off of Nikola Vucevic a bit more has helped him. And, you know, I, I think he's going to get better as the season goes on. Obviously, the the Aaron Gordon injury, I think, is going to impact him a bit from a playmaking standpoint because now the Magic have one less 
playmaker to rely on to set guys up. So maybe we'll see his assist numbers go up a little bit too. Well, and I think with Anthony, I guess what I'm looking for is can he you know start to break through and maybe get some steals. Just looking at his numbers as a starter, 13 games before Tuesday, averaging around 12 points, four boards, four assists. 39% shooting, I think you're just going to have to live with with him. But I'd really like to see him get the steals up because just 0.7 since he took over as a starter. Yeah, he's not that type of defender, unfortunately, at least not yet. So I, I think we're going to have to look for the assists and hopefully that the field goal percentage goes up a little bit. Just a tick here because the steal, he's, not, he's never really been like that type of defender. So I think that's going to be a tough sell right now. All right, well, six assists for Anthony in four of his last five games prior to Tuesday. So, oh, all right. Well, that is the sound of the alarm, Raph. Uh, everyone, check out the Rookie Report. What date does it publish, Raph? It Remind publishes me? on Thursdays. Okay, so check it out on Thursday. Uh, Raph, we'll be seeing you around here on Wednesdays more often, man. Thanks for taking the time. All right, thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The greatest show on grass returns as golf's biggest stars head to Phoenix for the Waste Management Open. Coverage begins tomorrow on Golf Channel. That would be Thursday. And don't miss the premiere of NBC Sports Edge, BetCast, a whole new way to watch golf. Get a better's view with insights and analysis, plus live odds powered by PointsBet. Get inside the action at PeacockTV.com slash golf. Meanwhile, are you up against the clock to get your waiver claims in? Or maybe you can't decide who to start as tip-off approaches. Save time and make the best decisions with our new NBA League Sync tool. League Sync pulls in all of your team and league info from Yahoo to show you who the best players are on the waiver wire, who to start, who to sit, and much more. Let League Sync do the work. You can take all the glory. Get League Sync, our DFS tools, and our draft and season tools as part of the Edge Plus Pro tier. Go to rotoworld.com slash edge for more and use promo code NBAPOD10 for $10 off any annual premium package. As we start the five-minute timer on Jared Johnson. Jared, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, Matt? I'm good, man. I'm good. We were texting before this, and you had a couple of names you wanted to discuss here, so, so hit me with it. Cool. Yeah, let's start with uh, Darius Garland. This is actually a guy that... I think both of us were quite high on last year, and we never really saw it. The reason I was high on him last year, I loved watching him, you know, summer league preseason, and just his jumper is so wet. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. And I just figured, you know, and maybe if he could be this guy for during the season, hey, it looks like this guy's a top 50 player. It didn't happen last year. 
And perhaps I was a little bit too high. You know, I kind of threw away the fact that he only played five games at college due to a knee injury. That's uh, quite the learning curve. We're seeing it with James Wiseman this season. But this year, it has been phenomenal. He is everything that I expected him to be. The, the three has fallen. He's really come along as a playmaker and a defender. I don't know if you know this, but Cleveland's Sexland backcourt is actually ranked number seven in terms of de defensive efficiency this year. Uh, so I just really love what I'm seeing from this kid. Uh, he had that rough three-game stretch when he came back from the shoulder injury. And it was not looking pretty. He was shooting 31% for three games with single-digit scoring, not much else. Uh, since he's came back into the starting lineup, it's been beautiful. Last game, he had 11 assists. That's another part of his game that has really impressed me is his playmaking abilities that have come along this year. Uh, and if you just look at his numbers as a starter, 17.7 points, 5.9 dimes, 2.3 triples, 1.3 steals. And he's shooting at 47.3% from the field. It's beautiful. I don't know if you have anything to retort to uh, that. Well, I, not a retort. I'll tell you, there's nothing I hate more in fantasy than being a year too early on a guy. And I definitely was <laughs> guilty of that with Garland. I was like, I had him in multiple leagues last year. He had a few moments where it looked like he was about to break out and then it just didn't come together. Would have been fascinating to see what happened, you know, had his season not been cut short along with everyone else's. But this is another young guy. I mean, he was 19, He was playing at age 19 last year. At least he came into the league at 19, right? He's 20. He just turned 21. Just turned 21. Uh, so that math doesn't work. I guess he was playing at age 20. <laughs> he was, oh, no. Yeah. He, he was he, he 19 was one at one of the point younger guys in the draft. Yeah. He was 19 at one point last year. And yeah, I mean, one of these guys who after nine months off, a lot can happen for a young player, you know? So yes. I think we're seeing the benefits of that now. But you should yep. hit me with your other guy because this clock flies. Five minutes flies. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll guess, I guess the reason why I came on to Darius Garland this year is I was trying to figure out what the hell am I supposed to do with Russell Westbrook. It was a, an absolute nightmare having him. I haven't really touched Russell Westbrook since like 2015. And uh, I had him this year. And randomly, I was playing in an eight-cat league. I usually don't do that. And I figured, what the hell? Let's go with Russell Westbrook. And it took me about seven games to realize that that was a terrible, terrible, terrible decision. You know, I, I think I'd be a little bit more kind to him in a head-to-head -head format. But in the roto format, where percentages matter, he is just a crushing terrible player he kills you in percentages both field goal and free throw he doesn't give you very many threes and it, you know if you want to play nine cat he's also going to crush you in turnovers so what i did and i actually sought out your advice on this because it was a fairly big deal was i traded russell westbrook and buddy healed for zion williamson and darius garland hot take I think that Darius Garland is going to have a better fantasy season than Russell Westbrook this year. Uh, I did this trade right before he got back into the starting lineup. And my, my thoughts on the trade was just like, wow, I really do not like Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I don't like watching him play. Uh, Buddy Heald is whatever. And I am over the moon with Zion Williamson. Same with D Darius Garland. So I just had to be like, am I thinking right here? And, and I, you agreed with me and so did Ryan. So I feel like I, I made the correct trade there. But if you would like to rant about how annoying Russell Westbrook is, I, I, be I'll my guest. Say, well, I'll just say our time is coming down to an end. But he has been shooting better lately. So I think if anyone is really down in the dumps about Westbrook, maybe there's a glimmer of hope that he's not going to destroy you in that category. But yeah, I mean... 
I expect him to be a headache much of the rest of the way, and it seems like oh, that's that that's the sound. That's, that's the time. That's our time. <laughs> that's what happens here. You know, that's what happens on the the four by five episode. You know, the the timer just goes off. It's we, we're not in control here. Time is in control. <laughs> uh, hey, everyone, you can follow Jared on Twitter at, at j underscore the underscore truth. And you can just say J the truth with underscores a little bit easier. J the truth with underscores in between. Yeah. All right. Jared, (laughs) we'll we'll be seeing you back here, man. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. All right. We're joined by Ryan Knaus. Ryan, uh, normally seen on the Friday episode, is here on a Wednesday. This is a jarring experience for both of us, I think. Uh, Ryan, I first want to bring to you a guy we talked about a couple weeks ago when I was wallowing in self-dislike about a trade I'd made when I traded Clint Capella for Lonzo Ball right before Clint Capella went off. I just wanted to bring you an update that Lonzo Ball uh, has found, rediscovered his three-point stroke. And just as I was about to tell you this, my my uh, my browser froze. My Lonzo tab is frozen. We're Uh-oh. on a, but we're on a timer here. We're on a five-minute timer. So like we, we this is live. The bottom line just is guess. just the guess. last What's five games, if I remember correctly, he's shooting around 40% on threes, maybe exactly 40% on threes, making like 2.6 per game. He's got 2.0 steals per game during that stretch, around five assists, 13 points, nearly four rebounds. The turnovers are low. So it's not like the full Lonzo experience yet, but we're starting to see him. You know, we talked when we last talked, we said he's got to make his threes. He's doing it, and now we're seeing uh, pretty good fantasy value. Yeah, you'd like to see more assists, I think. I, now, I, I feel like I'm nitpicking because, yes, he's taken huge strides from the beginning of the season and the first time that you and I had talked about him. Uh, we're seeing an uptick in the offensive numbers, as you said. Uh, his steals, which really you need steals from, from Lonzo in high quantities in order for him to even approach mid to early round value. But for a guy with his passing ability to only be averaging, as you said, five assists over the past five games... That's that's problematic for me. Um, but I guess at this point with Lonzo, you kind of take what you get. Yeah, and I have noticed when we last spoke about this, it, there was you know this sort of sad vibe to the Pelicans' offense where it was just like grind it out in half court, Lonzo bring it across, dish to Ingram, Ingram go to work. It, it seems like they've, they're, they're making more of an effort to play with tempo, to pick spots, to push the ball, and like Lonzo is getting to be Lonzo a little bit more. And the same goes for Zion, too. It, there's a little bit less like grinded out half court going on, and that can only be a good thing. Yeah, it hasn't translated to to many wins for them because their defense is horrific. But fortunately, that rarely matters for fantasy value. <laughs> as long as teams are running up and down the court and getting possessions, we're, we're, we go home happy. Uh, and I see much, I mean, to your point, I, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me in terms of uh, the Pelicans' pace and their actual o- offensive production for the past couple weeks versus the beginning of the season. But you're right, it does seem like they're making an effort to get out and run and play which plays to this team's strengths, right? Like, they need to be getting out and running if they're going to build a team around Lonzo, Zion Williamson, and Brandon Ingram. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the other name I wanted to talk to you about, as we have a couple minutes left here, is uh, DeAnthony Melton. It, it seems like, so the Grizzlies had this long layoff. They came back, and then suddenly, I mean, they had two kind of lopsided wins over the Spurs, and suddenly it feels like there's about nine guys in the rotation putting up fantasy-worthy numbers. You know, Did you have that same observation, Ryan? 
Yeah, you know, it all started for me with Kyle Anderson. When he came out of the gates just slow-mowing his way to to mid-round value, I was like, okay, I I like what's happening here in Memphis. But yeah, DeAnthony Melton has been a, a huge surprise with his... I mean, we knew that he, per minute, he's an absolute monster, and he was terrific on Monday night, just a complete line. Uh, and that that's what this guy does. So even if he gets 24 minutes a game, would you go as far as to call him a must-roster player? I, th- I think I'll go there. I went to pick him up in a 10-team league on Monday night, and I got outbid on the, the budget, the free agency uh, mm. wire. So, yeah, I'm 20 points and 17 in his last two games. I, again, my computer's still frozen other than the way we're connected. So <laughs> I think it was 17 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and some defensive stats in that Monday night game. It's really interesting. I mean, we have seen these flashes from Melton before, but as you said, a permanent monster. I think it's one of those things where he's got so much more upside than the other guys in your waiver wire. You pick him up and see where this goes. And they were playing again on Tuesday night, so we'll have a little more information by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah, we we got some funky rotations that are going to come up because you got to welcome Jonas Valanciunas back from his health and safety absence. You've got Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to come back. So how do they affect guys who are starting to step up? Brandon Clark's playing better. Xavier Tillman has been really kind of a revelation, uh, gifted a, a bigger role without JV in the lineup. So I, I'm kind of holding Tillman loosely, but man, he is another guy with it tremendous permanent upside so you might as well just hold them and see what happens uh as the front court rotation adapts to the return of these guys yeah no doubt and that is the sound Uh-oh. of steve alexander's alarm that means we are out of time ryan <laughs> and that's gonna bring us to the end of our our first four by five episode here uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, on spotify wherever you listen take a second to rate interview us as well we'll be back here on friday ryan i think you will hopefully be back here on friday with me to uh do what we normally do without any time constraints i oh i look forward to it five minutes goes all too fast <laughs> all right thanks to all of you for listening thanks ryan we will uh talk to you soon see you friday see you matt Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.